Mm-hmm. And so what I want to ask you guys next is your own children, you know, um, many of them uh, are young here. Some have been born uh, here. Yeah. Are you noticing as they grow differences culturally between yourselves and them? And if so, what are some of those differences? Talking about that, I believe that children are who they are depends on what the parents are feeding them depends on how the parents are raising them because the parents first of all contributed much more than what teacher contributed because kids spend much time uh, with parents comparing to the time that they spend with teachers and it's from the school where they learn different things and then it depends on a parent how you want your children to be. So, like, back on my scenario, I have three kids, um, seven years old, uh, six years old, and 11 months, my son who was born here September last year. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids, they have that philosophy that they need to imitate all the steps that I made in my life. The education, I mean, the way I try to educate them as a parent, that's what they go with. And then if there is a kind of interference of a third party, I mean, like, uh, they learn, when they learn some things that they believe is not... Um, is not relating to the culture that I want them to be, they always come and share with me the experience. Dad, I went to school, I talked to uh, my friend, and then he told me this and this, this and this, this and this. Or my teacher told me this and this, this and this. And then I sit down with them. And then I tell them, now, Erica, and Ariante, you are seven years old and you are six years old. Do you think from your own understanding what your friend told you and from what your teacher told you and from what I told you, which is the best option for you to choose? So I give them like I give them a ball and I want them to play and discover deny things from their mindset. Mm. And then they will tell me at the end, from our judgment, we think you are doing good. You are telling us the best thing mm-hmm. to do. So myself, that's how I interact with my kids. Um, so I always consider that the teacher would tell them to do the real thing, culturally, and I consider that they are in the universe where there is a differences in cultures, I believe that there are some good points that they will learn from other kids. But when they come back home, they have that homework to share with me what they have learned from teacher and what they have learned from other friends. And then we sit down, we evaluate what is the best. So they grow up with that mentality. So from, like, from my perspective, my kids, they know that they belong to the community. When I'm not home and I have to leave them to a neighbor, 
They know that this neighbor have responsibility 100% as I have. And they will not, if they do something wrong, either they are playing with other kids and then it happened that they are mad. If the family or the community member I left with, if he or she punished them, they know that they would not turn back to me and tell me, she did or he did this to us because they believe that even when someone else leave the kids at my place and in my own understanding, I believe they did wrong. I will tell them or I will punish them. I will do very little things. Okay, it's okay. It's not okay again, like uh, to punish a kid as you are, <laughs> you are. Uh, like the way our teachers back back home used to beat us seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same case. Yeah. You cannot do that if you are an educated person. There is a way of educating and showing the kids right. um, the best thing to do without causing violence to the kid. Yeah. So that's how myself, I believe. Yeah, this is Juma again. When he came here, he came with his two kids. Uh, one now is 17 years and uh, another one is uh, 12 years. Um, I, I define catch as something belong to me. And uh, I see catch as my roots. Um, why I define catch as what belong to me? When I came here, I met with a different, um, uh, different uh, family, American family also. And uh, one of the things also the advice was, Juma, please don't, um, uh, please try to educate your, 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 your kids about who you are. But uh, when I see the different uh, to my family, personal family, when it comes to food, you see, uh, when it comes to food, uh, my kids uh, don't tend again to love uh, our, our food. Uh, we, we there is uh, we call there is food which we call fufu, mm. and the fufu is mixing of uh, 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 corn flowers and the water, and uh, you just boil and you mix it with fish. Uh, it can be cooking fish, and it, it can be also um, uh, cooking meat and a veg, which is very 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 good for, for us. But uh, when it comes here. Because our kids now eat in school most of the time. When they come back now, they don't want to eat our food. Mm. They don't like any food. Sometimes they ask, what is this, daddy? He says, this is food, you see. And the, uh, it, this also is different. Sometimes the way they ask also is, is, is not the way uh, uh, a child from Africa will ask. You see, there is, uh, you may see like uh, the proudness in them, but in African way, when a child is asking something, you see like a respective way. Mm. You see the way he asks, he, 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 he knows that no, I, there is a limit for me to ask. This is my father and this is my, my mother. Uh, the way I will ask, it, before he came to ask you, it takes times. So this is something which I am not seeing. And um, there is also what I will say also, as Americans themselves are that, saying that we should teach our kids Cultures. But there is a lot of things which make us also to do not do so. Because when they go to school, you may love also to say, okay, uh, this is, uh, I will prepare the lunch box for you. I will prepare the lunch box for, for you. But the laws 
they are provided for you to do so. They will come with this, oh no, this food, uh, you can't bring this food uh, here. So when the kids, they don't also uh, appreciate or they don't eat any time the food you eat and tend to eat the food, different food at different uh, kitchens, cooking with other people, sometimes they tend to deviate what you, you like. And I have seen this personally in my life. Some mm -hmm. my kids, they will say, oh, this, that, what are you eating now? This is your, your, your food. He, mm -hmm. They are now asking you, this is your food. They don't ask, this is our food. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is something different which is going in, 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 in our culture. But I would love also when, as I said, there is a respect way in, 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 in Congo, in Africa, where you approach. No, can I love, can, can, can we try this, your food? Can you, there is, you give also more respect. It's not to be arrogant. I always ask my friend Kilo sometimes, when he, I talk to him sometimes, when you become maybe a president, do you like to maybe to share your, your fufu with anyone? Kilo will say, yes, I would love to share my fufu. You won't be ashamed to share your food. No, I won't be ashamed. So that is how, because that is something which, as I said, uh, culture is something to belong to me. And you don't put limit to something belong to me saying, no, we don't want this. Mm -hmm. I think there should be uh, more uh, a start and the more approach also to uh, refugees who are coming here to learn their dishes, to learn what they like mm -hmm. and what they, they dislike. And if there is somehow to accommodate also or, or the way, you know, as this can be accommodated so that the kids also can uh, learn from their parents. I think they should, this should be done also. Um, in addition to the food cultures on uh, what Juma highlighted, I would like to say um, something. It's a kind of compliment uh, to what Juma said. Um, I, did, I don't see that in the same way with Juma. Uh, it's a little bit different because uh, I've been um, to like simple public schools for uh, the last two years um, in the cafeteria, in, in the nutrition system. So the challenge is that the school will allow children to bring their own food, but the majority of children will not uh, like, like what the child will bring. Uh, so from there and then, the kid, you child, will feel like, oh, I am isolated. Why my parents are telling me to bring my right meal? And when I arrive at school, every child is asking me, what is that? What is that? Mm -hmm. And then from there, the child mind will be kind of feeling like, I think I'm isolated. I have to go with what other kids are going with. So uh, I will say like, in this case, if teachers should, um, not should, but if they try to, um, see that every child have uh, like a right to eat what he or she want and then develop that um, culture in schools 
showing that it's okay, you can eat your own food, don't feel like you are isolated, it will be some kind of coolness. Because I truly believe that America belongs to every children, and America is diverse. So whatever I bring on the table and whatever you bring, we will enjoy all of us. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like what you said there, and it reminds me of your earlier comment about new Americans, how previously generations of perhaps uh, Italian immigrants brought something like pizza, which now might be the mainstream staple in an American lunchroom. Um, Hilo, would you like to uh, add to this uh, conversation about raising children and cultural differences? Yes, uh, thank you uh, <clears throat> for inviting me. Um, I just wanted to I will take you guys a little bit back about, uh, still about, culture and raising kids here but I'll talk about something that Emmanuel talked about that um, what he does with his children which is a great thing that's a good thing if he has that time and opportunity to do that but what I want to also let our uh, viewers our listeners to know is that it's not everybody who really has time to sit down with their kids because uh, one thing is that a lot of immigrant teachers actually um, I feel like teachers have more time with the kids than parents do, especially refugees. Uh, because you find, let's say, for example, there is a, a single mother in, in a family or in a household. Um, and if the mother is working, the kids will be dropped, in, you know, the, maybe the bus stop or somewhere. The, bus, the school bus will take them, right, to school. And then maybe the mom goes to work right after the kids goes to school. And then the mom works maybe eight hours, 12 hours. The child comes home. The mom comes, they're already tired. They don't even have time to ask their kids, how did the school go? How was, you know, what did the teacher do? And so either she comes home, she starts making meals. If she did not make meals beforehand, you know, she starts making meals. She makes sure that the kids, the kids eat. She's tired. She goes straight to to sleep. So that time actually of uh, parents sitting down with their kids, especially for those of, uh, of us who, no, those who are new in the country or the new refugees, it's very hard for them to, to even get that time with their kids. So I just wanted to add that because, and that's what we see a lot. And then especially with the kids that are already teenagers, mm -hmm. and you know how teenagers, you know, behave in uh, even in this mainstream cultures, that's a very hard time for kids they, because they're trying to figure out themselves who they want to become and all of that. They're in that searching, self-searching mode, you know, and it becomes hard. And a lot of kids who are teenagers coming to the U.S., they give their parents most, a lot of them give their parents hard time because now they feel like, okay, now I'm 17, now I'm this, my mom can do this to me, my mom can tell me this. So it becomes big. And we have examples of families that have gone through some issues because of that, you know, because now kids feel like their parents can't do anything to them. And if they try, they will do what? They will either re call the police or do, you know, whatever that they can do, or they'll move out. Mm -hmm. So there is that. And then the parents, because this is a new culture and it's something that they, don't, they are not used to, it becomes hard for them because all they are looking at it's, they're just thinking, they are thinking about the years that they spent in the refugee camp, 
so that they can bring their kids here in hopes that their kids will become somebody. They'll become uh, somebody. Um, they'll go to school. They'll, they'll become good, uh, you know, good kids in the community and the society and stuff. like. Those are the hopes of every, uh, every parent. And when they start seeing those changes, it, it's, it, it brings a lot of stress to them. Uh, and then others even start questioning why they even came to the United States. You know, mm-hmm. it's because of that. And then there are also the mainstream, um, mainstream friends too. Uh, Emmanuel is okay because he's, he came here; he already knows how to speak English. So that's that's a different story. But if we're talking about refugees who have never went to school, like what is stated earlier, that a lot of 90% of the people that come from refugee camps don't even speak English. They never went to school. Some of them don't even know how to write their names. So it's, it's, it's very hard for them to, to feel like they are in control, especially when kids start acting up. Because kids feel like they have all the backup that they can get first from school. They know if, if my mom does this, I will go tell my teacher. And my teacher will reach out to other, so things start getting mm-hmm. complicated, you know. And parents are fearful of of their kids being taken away from them. We have cases of of parents that have that have you know that have their kids taken away from them. And I'm telling you, it's not a pretty thing, you know. So, and sometimes the friends that family gets too, like there will be maybe a friend, um, a mainstream friend, like a Caucasian. A friend that will befriend family when they they arrive to the U.S. Those two sometimes they are not. Um, sometimes they they also mess up families as well. And I have experiences. What I'm talking about, I know their family that have gone through this and this and this. Could you give us um, an example of something like that, please? Well, there is a there is a there is a family right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have a couple, but I'll give you one. There's a family right now. Of a, f- a family that came from in 2019, um, I was there, picked them up. It's a it's a single mom, has has uh, say six or seven kids. So I was at the airport when they arrived. Went there, helped the organization that uh, resettled them to go pick them up uh, to help with the language. So I became I became very close to the family. Um, I was helping them and with everything and stuff like that. But then there was a church from Minneapolis that befriended this family. But specifically, there were a husband and wife, a Caucasian uh, couple that were very close to this family. And one of the, one of the um, I think the wife is an attorney or something. Um, and I remember just a couple months ago, I spoke with the, the lady again because she called me, this attorney lady. Uh, and uh, that because the the, the the teenager boy in the family that I think he's the firstborn. The firstborn is like seven, 16, 17 now, now nineteen. But when he came, he was like sixteen or seventeen. And uh, they, because he spoke some English, he came from Uganda. They came from a refugee camp in Uganda, so he spoke some English. So this boy was the like the bridge that. You know that was that was connecting this Caucasian uh, friend, fam- family friend, with the mom. The mom didn't speak any English. So now 
what happened was this boy got too close to to the friend family, right? To the family friend. And then uh, they started saying things to this. So this boy will come home and whenever her mom will say, I mean, his mom will say things, he wouldn't listen. He said, no, if you do this, I'll do this. You know, if you, you can't tell me because I'm, I'm old enough now. Oh, now I need, I, need, I need my own car, you know? So things like that. And then this mom, first of all, had blood pressure, um, high blood pressure and stuff. So those kind of stuff becomes very hard to... And then the mom has to work because they have to pay for rent. The mom has to make sure that, you know, my, I, don't, I don't get kicked out of the house so that I can, you know, uh, I won't become homeless with my kids. So, but things that this boy, the young man was being fed by the family friend were affecting the entire family because this boy now, the fact that he knows English, he can communicate better than the mom, you know, he felt like he was, now he was, he was in a position where the mom cannot tell him anything, you know, so he will listen more to this, to this family friend than the mother. And the mother will call me and say, oh, this is what's happening. You know, I don't like what this, uh, these people are doing to, to me and, and my kids because they're trying to break my family. And I did not come here because of them. So it's things like that. Th- that's just one example. And I have family where the father was even kicked out of the family, told you cannot get closer to your... And the mother did not know. This was a father, a wife, and, and, and husband in a different state. I had to intervene from here. And Juma is aware of this family. You know, the father was held at an airport coming from a different state, returning back home. And he found the police there. Who did that? The mainstream uh, family friend, they brought police because they created a case where uh, showing that this guy has been abusing the children and the wife, which was not true. I, I personally spoke to the wife. I read the case. They sent it to me because I told them to send it to me. It was already in court. They, I read the case. I asked the lady, did you, did you say all of this? Mm-hmm. Or did your kids, did you guys say all of these things? She said, no, I don't even know. I don't speak English. How can I even say all this stuff? <laughs> so it means that these people created their own thing. So things like that really do happen. And it's not a good thing. And uh, the mainstream, as Juma and Emmanuel said, the mainstream has to know that people have their culture and those also should be respected. As long as there's no any abuse uh, being done or any harm being done to the kids, we all have different ways of raising kids. Your way of raising your kids is not my way of raising my kids because you know how you want your kids to turn out and there's no parent. There's no parent that want their kids, who have their kids, you know, go nine months with them in the, in the tummy so that they can come here and just start abusing them or not want them to turn into being a good citizen mm-hmm. of, of a place. Yes, things happen later on, but there's no parent who have bad intention about their kids. I don't think so. I mean, maybe it's just problems that may occur and stuff like that, but there are things like that, especially for us, I mean, for refugees who are new to the country, there are a lot of stuff that are happening. And because they don't have enough time with their kids or maybe because they don't know how to navigate the system, they don't know how the American also culture, um, you know, operate. 